Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. Before I get started, I just wanted to remind you that on my website, neilsatin.com, I have a free guide called The Single Most Important Thing That Will Make or Break Your Relationship. You can grab that guide by visiting neilsatin.com and clicking the Send Me the Action Plan button and filling in your name and email address, or by simply texting the word relationship to the number 33444 and following the instructions. So definitely check it out. Um, I also want to let you know that right now my brain is feeling a little bit numb because I just went and jumped in the ocean and I live here in Maine. I don't know. I've, I've probably mentioned that on the show once or twice. And uh, it's really cold here. Um, well, it's actually the weather is really hot here, but the ocean is really cold here. So I jumped in and I swam for a bunch. And um, I'm going to do my best to stay coherent for you. But I think I'm recovering from a little bit of minor hypothermia. So bear with me. Anyhow, today's episode is going to be shorter, and that's partly because last week's episode with Kyle Cease was long. It was an hour and a half long, and I want to make sure that you have enough time to hear that entire episode because it was so powerful um, as I worked with Kyle to overcome limiting beliefs and change my own patterns right there on the show. So it was kind of vulnerable, but it felt really amazing and powerful and hopefully was really helpful and instructive for you. Um, great episode. Um, also, I wanted to let you know that next week we have another full-length interview coming up. Um, it's Stan Tatkin's second visit to the show, which I'm really excited about. We're going to talk about his book, Wired for Dating, which applies attachment theory to your dating life if you're single and then we're also going to revisit some of the nuances of his work for couples so it'll be stuff touching on uh, things that are good for you whether you're looking for a relationship or already in a relationship so that's with Stan Tatkin next week so um, where did I want to dive in today today I want to talk about a simple concept that I hope will be really, really useful for you. And in order to do that, I'm going to ask you a question. The question is, what do you want in your relationship? Or if you're single, what do you want in the relationship you're looking for, if you're looking for a relationship? Or what have you wanted in relationships of the past? And in particular, I'd love for you to focus on something that you want that you're not getting something that might even be a source of pain for you in the relationship because you have this desire and you're maybe even afraid that it won't be met or it's not met consistently and that's become a source of dissatisfaction for you. Now, the reason I want you to think about it is not because I want you to be wallowing in misery for the next five minutes or five days. Um, but because I want to help you get some insight about what you want that will hopefully be really empowering for you and give you a new way of looking at what you've come to accept as your desires in relationship. So the next thing that I want you to do now that you've thought about what you want 
is I'd love for you to take a moment to get even deeper into that desire um, and think about what it feels like for you when that need is not being met. So imagine a situation where you would hope for that need to be fulfilled and it's not happening for you. And what kind of feelings does that bring up for you? And just take a moment, I'm going to give you a, a couple seconds of silence here, and just put yourself in your shoe, in those shoes, um, put yourself in your own shoes, um, imagining a moment where the need is not being met, and see what feelings come up for you. See if you can get really in touch with that. So I'll be back in just a couple seconds. And now that you're in that feeling, maybe even give some words to it. And if you're alone or with your partner, maybe I'm going to give you another few seconds and just speak those words out loud um, and see what, see what comes up for you. So you might be feeling things like, angry or lonely or sad or um, rejected or nervous, um, fearful, um, all kinds of options there. So now I want to ask you another simple question, which is, as you're feeling those feelings and really getting into what it feels like to not have that need met, I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to just go with your, with your gut response. And the question is, how old are you right now? How old is this part of you that's having these feelings that you're having? Another way to, um, think about it is like, what, um, what does it remind you of those feelings that you're having? What does it remind you of from a time that you're younger? So you may already have a number that popped into your head. Oh yeah, this relates to a way. I know that I, I've felt this way before. It was back when I was four or when I was eight. Or um, if you don't have something that jumps out at you immediately like that, yeah, think about the question of what it reminds you of from your past and see what pops into your mind, what scenes and and then see what information you actually get from that association because there's more there for you and i'm i'm going to give you an example so you know what i'm talking about um but yeah just see what more information comes up for you at that time in your life when you were younger what did you really want what would have helped you in those moments? What does that part of you, that younger part of you, actually need? And notice that what that younger part of you actually needs is probably a lot different than what you thought you needed and what you thought you were wanting. 
because in many cases, this present time desire that you have, while I'm not trying to make it wrong or invalidate it, the reason that we want it is because it's trying to, uh, there's a part of us that's trying to get its needs met. And so that part of you is speaking really loudly through your desires. Um, but the problem is that sometimes those desires are kind of indirect and actually set you, set your partner up for failure because those wants and those desires can be pretty big. I mean, it, if they weren't too big, they'd probably be um, getting met in your relationship. But if you're like my relationship or many relationships, when those things come up, they become a big source of conflict. So how does it change your thoughts about what you actually want now that you have connected that desire to this earlier time in your life and things that weren't quite being met for you? First, I invite you to consider whether there are ways that you can show up for yourself to meet those needs, the needs of your younger self. And if so, see what impact it has when you imagine yourself showing up that way on what those needs even are. Next, I invite you to consider what are some ways that your partner, if you're in a relationship, that your partner could meet the needs of that younger part of you? And do you come up with something different than them just simply satisfying the desire that you thought you wanted? And the next step might be to come up with some requests for your partner, um, maybe coupled with some insight around like, hey, you know this thing that's been causing all this conflict in our relationship? Well, I discovered that it's actually connected to this thing that happened to me when I was younger. And uh, and it turns out that what I really need is this. And I'm wondering, is this something you could help me with? Is this something, is this a need that you could actually fulfill? Could you do this or could we do this? And I'm going to give you an example so you know what I'm talking about. So let's imagine someone who every time before they go to bed at night, they really want to have sex with their partner. And let's just assume for the sake of this example that their partner doesn't necessarily want to have sex with them every single night when they go to bed. Now, if their partner did, well, that would be great for both of them. But as is so often the case in this situation, the partner doesn't. And this might be classically uh, labeled like a mismatch in libido. And there's a big problem here. Like one partner wants sex all the time and one partner wants sex just occasionally. And don't we have a problem here? But the truth is that that's not what's actually going on in this relationship at all. The partner who wants sex every night, they might identify this desire uh, as like, I want to have sex every night when I go to bed. And so when I would invite that person to ponder, 
um, well, what is it that you really want? What do, what do you feel when you don't, let's say you go to bed and you want to have sex with your partner and you don't, they don't want to have sex with you or they they say they're too tired or whatever it is, then what feelings come up for you? And let's just say for the sake of the example that that person says, well, I feel lonely and rejected and, and I feel kind of scared. Um, and then I might ask, well, what does that remind you of in your, in your childhood or how old are you right now? And the first number that comes up is four and that it reminds them of being really uh, lonely and scared alone at night in their room and maybe hearing footsteps coming up the stairs or wanting the closet door to be closed because there were spooky shadows uh, lurking in the depths of the closet or whatever it is, um, suddenly they're in this feeling of what it was like to be four years old and be alone in bed at night and wanting comfort and wanting connection and not getting it. Um, and then imagine that person um, discovering their sexuality at some point along the way, maybe in their, um, you know, early teens or younger for some, um, and figuring out what it is to be turned on and maybe masturbating at night and, and connecting that pleasure um, to being able to help them deal with the feelings of loneliness that they feel at night. So then they might come up with this idea of like, oh, if I could connect with, uh, with a partner, um, to get turned on and, and, um, have sex, then that actually is taking care of the feelings that I'm having. And at this point, they may not, this is probably not like a conscious thing that's going on for them. It may just be something that naturally evolved because as a four-year-old, they probably came up with ways to cope with the loneliness that they were experiencing and the fear. And let's just say that that uh, turn on and orgasm, that's pretty powerful chemicals in our body that can help deal with anxiety and fear and loneliness, at least in the moment. It doesn't, it's not a, it's not always a long lasting effect, but it could help. Anyway, so now imagine what that person might realize about what they need or want in the present time. They were thinking, I wanted to have sex every night when I went to bed. But instead, it turns out that there's this feeling that comes up in me when I don't have sex, which is this loneliness and this fear and this disconnection. And I wonder what could help that person deal with those feelings. And they may come up with all kinds of solutions. An obvious one being, what I really want is to connect with my partner. Now, the partner in these in this situation might be feeling like every night when they go to bed, there's this demand being put on them to have sex. So they might actually shut down completely in those circumstances. And trust me, that happens a lot where... If you, if it doesn't feel safe to simply connect because you feel like 
you're not able to draw a clear boundary around what works for you without causing huge problems, then you'll just shut down. So now, instead of that kind of request that I want you to have sex with me every night, now you can actually uh, offer something. Oh, you just want to connect with me. And it doesn't have to be sex. Now, that kind of offer is only going to make sense to the person with the, who thought they wanted all the sex if, um, if they've gone through this process of identifying the need beneath the want, the true need beneath the want. And that's why this process is so important because there are so many things in our life that we just accept at face value. And the truth is, if you dive more deeply in, you may discover that your true need is something totally different. And in the case of what seems like an impasse between you and your partner, how nice is it to discover that actually you're not as incompatible as you thought, or you're not as in danger of having to live a life of having your desires denied as you thought. Because now you can make requests that are actually more reasonable and more obtainable with your partner and therefore more sustainable. And they really get at the heart of what you're after anyway. Because it may be that night after night, even if you thought you needed sex night after night, that if you got it, you'd still find that you were actually really missing something which would be that genuine love and connection. So I just offer that as one example of how this can possibly play out. And it's that one is a fairly common example, but there are others. So um, when you've had a chance to go through this exercise for yourself, whether you did it right now, or if you're going to take a few minutes to, to go through it later when you have a moment, um, please do. And then let me know what you discovered. The easiest way to let me know is to just send me an email and you can reach me at neilius, N-E-I-L-I-U-S, at neilsatin.com. That's it for this week. I look forward to hearing from you and hearing how this exercise was hopefully helpful for you or what you discovered. Um, please let me know. And I look forward to being with you next week along with Stan Tatkin. In the meantime, take care and I'll see you on the internets.